the Hoover Girls podcast. I'm so excited to be back with you guys. I apologize for being gone last week. I'll touch on that a little bit in my low, but Emma absolutely killed it with the solo episodes. If you guys haven't given it a listen yet, definitely go check out episode 20, Hoover for the Home. Um, It was Emma's first solo episode, and I'm just so proud of her for doing that. I was like, I'm so sorry. I cannot record tonight. Any chance that you can do it and she really did it. She killed it. So definitely go support her in that. But hi, welcome back to the show. Um, it's been a second since I've been on with you guys and I'm just going to go ahead and jump into my highs and lows before I get started with the actual meat of the podcast. And I'm going to do something a little weird this time. I'm going to talk about my low first just because I feel like it makes the most sense. So my low was that um, a couple weeks ago when I recorded, if you guys remember, it, I was just all over the place. It was the emotional independence episode. I really did not feel like myself. I couldn't figure it out. Um, turns out I had a concussion. <laughs> I had no idea. I took a bad fall skiing. I felt fine. I got back to school and I was like, I really don't feel good. Went to the doctor and I had a minor concussion. So that definitely is... It's been a constant low for me for the past week or so just because I'm trying to get back into a routine. I was um, fortunate to not miss any school because I actually didn't know I had a concussion, so I went to class anyway. And um, with that being said, I just kind of felt a little bit behind because I didn't feel motivated to do any schoolwork or anything like that. So that's probably just my overall low. So again, Emma, thank you for killing last week's episode. It was absolutely amazing and I appreciate it because I was just very stressed with school because like I said, I was falling very behind because of my concussion. So I'm going to pop into my high and future high and they're going to be a little quick just because I really want to not waste time and talk to you guys about how to do it all. So my high is that my mom comes to Denver tomorrow. I'm so excited. She's coming with two of her really good friends, and they're actually going up to the mountains, but I get to have lunch with them tomorrow, and I'm just, I don't want to say I've been feeling a little homesick, but I miss my family for sure, so it's going to be so great to have her out here. And then my future high is that this past Thursday, I found out where I am studying abroad starting in August, And I'm going to Prague in the Czech Republic. I'm so stoked. And I didn't think I was going with anyone I knew because all of my friends kind of applied to different places. And the way it worked out, um, two of my best friends are actually going with me to Prague. So I'm going to be in this incredible city with two of my closest friends. I'm just, I could not be more excited. I'm, I have no words. I'm so excited. So that's definitely my future high. So with those out of the way, I'm going to be talking to you guys about how to do it all this week. So just a little disclaimer, I'm by no means saying that I do quite literally everything there is to do. I'm just taking these tips from my own personal life as a full-time college student, an active member and position holder in my sorority, obviously a Hookah Girls podcast co-host, as well as just juggling an active, healthy lifestyle and um, being certified to teach yoga school. So I kind of do a little bit. I don't do it all per se, but that's where these um, tips and tricks are coming from because I always hear complaints about not having enough time in the day from people and saying, oh, I wish I could do that, but I just don't have enough time in the day. And the truth is, is that we all have the same amount of time and it's what we accomplish is solely based off of what we prioritize. So we have the same amount of time as Steve Jobs or as Beyonce or as Anyone that you want to put their name into that blank right there, anyone that you look up to, 
you have as much time as they do. So it's just about what you're doing with your time. Also, another disclaimer, we do live in a, quote, hustle culture, and it's very easy to feel as though we aren't doing enough. So when I say how to do it all, I mean how to do everything that you personally would like to do, not what you feel pressured to do by your peers, by society, whatever. So if you have a list of ongoing things that you'd like to try, hopefully these tips will be helpful. But I'm by no means saying that you have to do everything. I'm by no means saying that you have to work three jobs and be a full-time student and have a relationship and have a social life and be super active. Like I get that everyone's priorities and everyone's um, hobbies and things that they like to do very much differ. So when I say do it all, I'm just saying do what you want to do and how to do it. So jumping right in, I'm going to split this up into three sections. The first one is going to be talking about sleep hygiene. The second section is just going to be kind of talking about like, I don't know, like overall your hobbies, your passions, what you like to do. And then part three is going to be your social life. So getting started, I'm going to talk about sleep hygiene and how to have it which I was actually listening to a podcast the other day, The Skinny Confidential with um, Lauren Everett and Michael Bostick. If you guys haven't checked it out, it is one of my favorite podcasts ever. Um, They have such cool hosts and, like, um, special guests on the show. It's just – it's really fun. It's a nice mix of something substantial for a podcast and um, very talkative, and there's a lot of banter back and forth. But anyway – they talked about sleep hygiene, and I was like, I have never heard the term sleep hygiene. So basically, I'm just talking about your proper amount of sleep and how to get it and how sleep is the foundation for everything. So I am a firm believer that two things are the foundation for everything else in life, and those things are sleep and proper hydration. So if we as humans don't get enough sleep, and specifically good sleep, It's going to make completing everything else in life a little bit more difficult. So between a good night's sleep and proper hydration, you can honestly accomplish a lot. So before I dive into sleep, I just wanted to briefly touch on hydration because it is important to drink enough water in the day. It is recommended that on average we consume two liters, which is the equivalent of eight cups of eight ounces of water a day. So my two tips for drinking enough water in the day are super simple. You're not going to have to go out and buy anything. You're not really going to have to change anything in your life. The first is just have water be the first thing you consume in the morning. So before you drink or eat anything else, just drink a cup of water. And you can do this in whatever way you want, whether it be setting out a cup of water next to your bed at night so you can drink it room temperature when you wake up, which is actually, I guess, according to research, um, the best temperature to drink water at just because your body doesn't have to process it if it's hot or cold. But I mean, you can definitely have a glass of ice water in the morning or you can make a cup of um, lemon water while you do your skincare routine or prepare your breakfast. Whatever floats your boat, just my first tip is to drink water as your first thing in the morning. And my second tip for staying properly hydrated is just to carry a reusable water bottle with you throughout the day. So I personally love my Hydro Flask. I have the 32 ounce and the 40 ounce water bottle because it keeps my water super cold. But it definitely doesn't matter what kind of water bottle or tumbler you bring with you. You don't have to go out and buy a hydro flask or a swell or anything fancy. Like, whatever you want to do is great. But what I found is that if you have water with you, you have no reason not to drink it. So for me, if I'm bored in class or 
if I'm driving and I have a water bottle with me, chances are I'll drink it. And most public places have water fountains, which is awesome because then you can definitely refill your water bottle for free and you have no reason to not drink enough water during the day. So just as a little precursor to sleep, I just wanted to touch on hydration. But now let's talk about the meat of this, which is sleep hygiene. So there are three main components to sleep and those are light, temperature, and sound. I said that's so weird. Temper- temperature. Oh my gosh, I cannot speak tonight. <laughs> but starting off, let's talk about light. So before going to sleep, it's important to not expose yourself to light because it's going to decrease the amount of melatonin that's being produced, which is the hormone that your brain produces to aid you in sleep. Some people think that simply by not looking at their phone or a computer screen, you're going to be able to fall asleep more easily. And while limiting screen time before bed is important, it kind of counteracts things if you leave on all the recess lighting in your bedroom or even just read a book under the harsh light of your bedside table lamp. So for me, I've listened to all these podcasts and read all these articles on decreasing your screen time before you go to sleep and how much it'll help, whatever. I have found that even when I do that, if I'm up doing homework or if I'm literally just like hanging out with friends in a lit room, it really does um, enable me to sleep a lot less. I don't know if I said that right. It dis... Oh my gosh, guys. I'm not even concussed anymore and I I can't (laughs) tell you what I'm saying, but you just... It stops producing those melatonin um, hormones when you're in a bright light. So the opposite is true in the morning. If you're going to wake up, the first thing that you want to do is expose yourself to light because that's how you're going to wake up the most, which is very true because if you sleep in a very dark room or you have blackout curtains, it can be a lot harder to get out of bed. It's not mental. It's a real thing. So I recommend lighting candles or having a soft light on about 30 minutes before you're going to bed. And what I mean by a soft light is like a red light, an infrared light or a light that radiates from a candle or a salt lamp, just something very easing on your mind, on your brain, on all the stimulus that your body is receiving so that when it's time to go to sleep, your body's not like very confused about what's happening. It kind of gets the gist. The second thing is temperature. So the ideal temperature to sleep is between 64 and 66 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, I heard that. (laughs) I heard it on a podcast. I researched it. I looked it up. That seems cold to me, and I'm someone who really likes the cold. Apparently, it's true, (laughs) and I know that this can get definitely expensive in terms of air conditioning, but if in the fall or spring or winter, it's a little chillier outside at night, just open a window. The ideal temperature should make you feel a little reluctant to take off your cozy sweatshirt or sweatpants before getting in bed. And the reason for this, quote, ideal temperature is because if your body is constantly working on cooling itself down because the outside temperature is too high, you aren't going to get a good night's sleep because it's like your body's still being active. So you really need to rest, and one way of doing that is through temperature. The third and final thing that is very important for sleep is sound. So it is incredibly easy to be unable to fall asleep when there's a lot of background noise around you. But in contrast, it's very easy to have a hard time falling asleep when it's completely silent in the space that you're sleeping in. Because I, knowing this from having three roommates, 
if it's dead silent in the room and I'm asleep, it doesn't matter if I'm in like REM sleep. If someone comes in that door, I wake up instantly because your body is so hypersensitive to the sound around it. So I have found that using a white noise machine or even a pink noise machine, that's something that I recently have started doing, helps drown out the other sounds while creating enough noise that your brain can definitely relax and find some peace and quiet. Um, if you don't want to use your phone, which I know a lot of people don't want to have their phone right next to them when they're going to sleep, totally get it. Something I've been doing is just turning on a fan at night, like one of um, those oscillating fans that just kind of sits in the corner, box fan, um, you can get a sound machine, honestly whatever to create this background noise for while you sleep. So let's transition a little bit. Now that you have a good night's sleep under your belt, you have the energy to do things throughout your day that you want to do. But first, you have to determine what it is that you want to do. So obviously, what you want to do throughout life varies from person to person. I believe it has to do with the stage of life you're in. So for me, I'm a sophomore in college, and I've been fortunate to have been given the opportunity to attend a four-year university to further my education. And because of this, a lot of my time and finances go towards my education and my life on campus. That's just my number one job right now. My parents tell me that all the time. They're like, you're in school to get an education, like worry about everything else later. Like that is your focus. And while that's true, it's easy to be able to say that because I'm spending so much time and money on my education, I have limited resources to do other things. And that's, in my opinion, just simply not true. I've used the attitude of doing something full out or doing something nothing at all for almost my entire life. Guys, I could not be more wrong. If you would have told me a year ago that I would have disagreed with myself, I would have been like, you're kidding. Because I'm the kind of person who goes very full force into everything that I do. So for example, in high school, I would not join a club unless I held an intense leadership position in it and dedicated a significant amount of time to it, which is kind of crazy because you can't do everything. You just can't. In my own life, something that's always been of interest to me is my health and fitness. And for so long, I didn't want to dedicate all the time to it because I was like, it's going to be overwhelming. I'm going to get addicted to it. I'm going to want to do it all in terms of health and fitness, and I'm not going to have time for anything else. But you can do things that have interest to you without putting in 110% effort. So for example, I decided to become certified to teach yoga sculpt. You guys are probably all like, okay, we know you talk about it every episode. I promise it'll die down once I actually start teaching. I'm just so excited about it right now. And while I won't be able to teach a full-time schedule, I can teach two classes a week or I can teach a class a week and sub for whoever or whatever it may be. I can kind of do as much or as little of of it as I want. And so by doing this, I also gain another community outside of my school and outside of my sorority and I get to participate in something I'm passionate about. So speaking of my sorority, another personal example is my sorority. When I originally joined, I had every intention of holding an executive council leadership position, which is basically president um, and then six vice presidents underneath it. So president or vice president of membership recruitment, vice president of um, member programming, yada, yada, yada. And when it became time to apply to these positions, I realized how much commitment there was aside from the actual leadership activities of the position. And one of these 
um, commitments was living in the sorority house for a full year again. So I would be living in from January of 2021 until December of 2021. So a full calendar year. And while I do live, love living in the sorority house with my best friends, it makes it hard for me to pursue other avenues. And I can't always hang out with my friends outside of the sorority and have them come over and just hang out all the time. Of course, they're always welcome, but it's kind of just a different dynamic. And I can't always study to the best of my abilities because there's always people around, which is great because I love social interaction, but it's a lot. Or I don't always feel safe walking to my car parked a couple blocks away from me at 6 a.m. to go to a yoga class. Or I can't always record a podcast because I have three other roommates in the room or I have people barging in and out of the room, which again is great. I love the social interaction, but it just kind of limits on limits me on what I can do in other avenues of my life. So because of this, I decided not to live in the house and hold an exact position, but instead live in an apartment or a house um, a couple blocks away and still be an active member of the sorority and still hold other leadership positions. So I could plan some of our philanthropy events or I could be um, the administrator, which is basically like the president's right-hand man who takes attendance, who sends out emails, basically a glorified secretary for a sorority. Um, I can do other things, but not quite dive in full force. It's okay to dip your feet in the water and not jump in face first. That's totally okay. And that's how you figure out exactly what you want to do, especially in my opinion, if you're around my age, if you're in your early 20s, late teens, even if you're a little bit older, a little bit younger than that, you don't have to know exactly what you want to do, but how to figure out what you want to do is by trying other things in your life. So... I'm going to equate this to an internship, and this metaphor is a little stretched out, so bear with me, but it's what I came up with, so hopefully you guys like it. So when you get an internship, you're hoping to get a job, right? Not necessarily right after, sometimes right after, but you're hoping to gain experience in the field without accepting a full-time job offer with a two-year contract, let's say. So in contrast, if you have interned in this field or even just observed this field and you can see yourself there, it's less intimidating. If you have an internship in a company and you absolutely hate it, you know not to go that route. Or if you absolutely love it, you know, hey, I really, really liked that. And you can maybe pursue that after your internship is over, after you graduate college, whatever. So going back to the list of things that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, everyone's list is going to look different. So maybe you want to begin a healthy lifestyle, but you don't know exactly how to do that. Maybe you want to pursue a career in a certain job field, but you don't know if that's actually what you want to do. You can definitely dip your feet in the water and not dive in face first. And I personally think that that is the best way to pursue your passions, or even find your passions. And I call that the art of dabbling, which I always thought was such a funny word. But if you dabble in a bunch of different things, you're eventually going to figure out what you want. And another little extended metaphor, if you will, um, from when I was really little, my mom's been telling me in terms of romantic relationships, she's always said you have to kiss a lot of toads to get your prince. And I think that that's very true. You have to figure out what you want. If that's in terms of a romantic partner, if that's in terms of a best friend, if that's in terms of a job, in passion, whatever it is, 
it's okay to try different things out until you figure out what it is that you want to devote your life to. So that leads me into part three, which is having a good social life. And when I say social life, I'm going to put air quotes around this just because sometimes when people think social life in college, they think going out to parties and bars and like whatever. When I say social life, I mean being around people that make you happy, having a community, having a network of friends that you can rely on. That's what I mean by being social. Like I was saying earlier in the podcast, by me trying to become a yoga sculpt instructor, I now have this community around Core Power, which is the yoga studio that I'm trying to teach at. And that community is helping my social life. So I'm not just specifically talking about going out with friends on a Thursday night or going to parties or whatever, but you can definitely take this how you want. My first thing is to put yourself out there, which is very cliche, but very true. You're not going to be handed anything. If you're nervous about something, you should probably do it. And I'm going to say that lightly because I'm talking about it in terms of if you're nervous to ask someone on a coffee date, like a friend coffee date, because you feel like they're going to think that it's weird or they don't really know you that well. How do you think people get to know each other? They get to know each other by having these experiences and by really putting themselves out there. And I guarantee you that all of you out there did not become best friends with someone just automatically. You, It didn't happen. You had to put yourself out there first and you have to really put stuff into a friendship. You're not just going to be handed it. So to have a good social life, I think that it is very important to prioritize and put yourself um, out there in terms of new relationships. Once you have those relationships, it's important to prioritize your friends. Everyone is going to always come up with excuses for things. I do it. All my friends do it. Everyone I know does it. And it's very easy to say, oh, I have a paper due or oh, I actually don't know that person very well or, oh, this, like, guy thinks I'm cute and I should probably, like, go on a date with him instead of going to my friend's house or whatever. Prioritize your friends. I've said this in so many episodes before, but I just wanted to reiterate... Ugh, I cannot speak, guys. Oh, my goodness. I wanted to reemphasize it tonight. Your friends are your support system, especially when you're in college and you're away from your family and then post-college when... You're kind of trying to figure things out in the job field and whatever. It's very important to prioritize your friends because they are the people who are going to be there on your good days and on your bad days. And that is so key. Part three of this is to push yourself to say yes to new experiences, which I kind of can tie into putting yourself out there a little bit more. So like I was saying, maybe you aren't super close with a group of people who invited you to hang out with them that's totally okay. You can push yourself a little bit and say yes to no new experiences, whether that be hanging out with certain people or physically doing like certain things with people. Like, I don't know, for example, I last year really wanted to climb a 14er, 14ers or 14,000 feet mountains in Colorado. And they're just very strenuous, very hard to climb. And I was given the opportunity to climb one with um, a club on campus, and I knew absolutely no one. I did not know a single person going into it. You had to wake up at 3 a.m. I rode in the car with a bunch of random people that I didn't know. 
that's how I met one of my closest friends and my roommate today was that first week of college putting myself out there pushing myself to say yes to new experiences and I got to climb a really cool 14er so it kind of encompasses your entire life in a sense of not only is it benefiting your social life but it's also growing you as a person Number four is just to be present, and then that is very much easier said than done. I'm a very big component of phone eats first. I take pictures of my food all the time. I post them on my story. I'm a little bit too addicted to Instagram. I do use it for inspiration, but I just think it's fun. I don't know. It's a creative outlet for me. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to turn off your phone when you're with your friends or put it on do not disturb or don't be looking at it when you're all sitting at dinner. I, in high school, used to go out with my friends to dinner and we would all stack our phones in the middle of the table just so we could really be present with each other. There is nothing more frustrating when you're talking to someone and they're sitting there texting and they're like, I'm listening. Chances are they're not really listening. Things might go in one ear and out the other. Things might somewhat process, but they can't give you their whole and undivided attention if they're on their phone texting someone else, if they're scrolling through Instagram, if they're Snapchatting. It's so important to be present. And kind of going off of that, get out of your room. Like, yes, Netflix is nice. I have been watching so many movies lately. But you need social interaction. And even if you really want to watch Netflix or if you want to watch a show, you can make it social. You can make things that are usually done alone be done with other people. So for example, The Bachelor. The Bachelor obviously is on right now. If you guys did not know, we're almost to the end of the season. I'm not going to sit here and recap the entire season for you guys. But the first couple episodes, I would lay in bed by myself at night and eat popcorn or (laughs) just drink some hot tea and just do it by myself. And while I do really value alone time, It's also one of those things where I could be downstairs with some girls in my sorority watching it and eating chocolate and socializing with everyone and talking to them about the contestants. There's very easy ways to incorporate socialization into things that are typically done alone, like watching Netflix or like watching The Bachelor. And at the bottom of all of this, the bottom line of this podcast episode, of this section of the podcast, it all comes down to time management and you prioritizing what is the most important to you. If you want to be well-versed and you want to do it all and it really is important to you, you're going to find a way. So sit down with your calendar, sit down with your planner, think about all the things that you want to do. I have an ongoing list on my phone of things that I really want to try. You have to take the steps to get there. So another personal antidote, I've been saying for years that I want to skydive. That's something that I've been talking to my friends and family about for so long and I've tried to get literally everyone from my uncle to my best friend to skydive with me. No one will do it. They're like, absolutely not. And I was asked by one of my close friends to go to this um, philanthropy event, which was a live auction. And one of the, basically the premises of this event was that you were bidding on frat brothers to go on a date with. And while I am definitely not on the market to be dating anyone right now, one of the dates was to go skydiving. So I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to bid on that guy because then that's a path that I can take to actually go skydive. And I am excited. I am going. But what I'm saying is that you have to time manage and you have to prioritize. 
and you have to take the steps to get there. So if you want to go skydiving and you don't have the means to do it, save up. If you want to become a fitness instructor, go to the gym every day. Start to learn the ropes of it. Maybe apply for a training course. If you want to get a 4.0, book out times in the library ahead of time. Every week, say, on Mondays from 4 to 7 p.m., I'm going to go to the library and I'm going to work on this one class. It's kind of all about time blocking and time managing, and that's the only way you're going to be able to absolutely do it all. I am a very big component of writing things down, but if it means putting it in your Google Calendar and having things quite literally sectioned off so you don't overbook yourself, that's fine. Whatever you need to do to get there, just time manage and prioritize, and that is like I said, the bottom line of this episode. So I think that pretty much wraps things up for you guys tonight. I don't know how long of an episode that was, but I saw on our Instagram that you guys prefer when the episodes are a little bit shorter. So I am trying to make them not quite as long by still, but still packing in a lot of information because I do like to share a lot with you guys. So if you like this length of the episode, definitely let us know. Give us a review. It really does help us out to know what you guys like and what you don't like. Follow us on Instagram at Hugo Girls Podcast. And I will see you guys next week with Emma for another episode. Bye, guys. Bye.